Good morning, Bethany. Morning. morning. That sounds like a lot of people that had night vision or cattlemen. Yes, it's been a busy weekend, as Eric said. It's been a busy summer. Um, kids, you are now dismissed to Children's Church. Yes. It's good. I see a lot of faces that I haven't seen in quite some time, you know, with us today. That is a great blessing. For those of you that don't know, one of the missionary groups that we do support is Mike and Marlene down in Gallup. They are with us today, um, briefly. I'd say get to know them, love on them, but I know that they're leaving tomorrow morning early. So they are sitting a couple rows back in the middle section. Say hi, love on them. Yeah, that's good. We're glad to have them with us today. Um, Give them some encouragement and pray for them before they get out of here. All right, so last week... For those of you that weren't here, Tom talked about marriage, and it was the second part in his sermon series. Now, he gave you some homework to pray for your spouse and to pray with your spouse. Um, Sorry, buddy, I worked out of town all week, so I really didn't see my spouse, so I failed in that. How did, did, did anybody else notice a difference in that? Anybody else see that? Was anybody here, awake, paying attention? All right. If you weren't here, be sure to listen to the podcast. There's a lot of great stuff in there. This week, I'm going to be talking about love also. But I'm not going to be talking about the new girlfriend, tra-la-la-la-la, everything's groovy. Um, Flower petals falling. I'm going to be talking about love in a lot broader context. Now, one thing I've noticed that whenever it's my turn to stand up here and, and bring God's message... He has this lovely way of bringing to attention the areas in my life that I fall short in. Um, And and maybe he does that so I'm not a hypocrite up here talking to you about things that I'm falling short in. Or maybe it is for that so um, you guys can see we're not perfect when we stand up here. We fall short daily, but it's through God's grace that we're allowed to do that. I feel unqualified so many times standing up here. Um, especially when I'm struggling to live the way that I should be living and the Bible tells us. So I'm going to bring up Bethany's mission statement here. And, and actually, Eric took responsibility for the malfunction this morning, but it was actually me. Jermaine gave me a remote. And what do guys do with remotes? We push buttons. These are great. Oh, see, I did it. Yeah, see? Didn't know what it did. So I'll take responsibility as well because I was pushing buttons on a remote that didn't know what to do. All right, I'm going to leave this up here while I talk for a little bit. Eric already, you know, Eric could have given the message this morning. Summer is busy. Work is crazy busy. My kids' activities are crazy busy. I feel like I'm going 100 different directions every single day. And when that happens, my field of vision from the peripheral starts to shrink down. And pretty soon, my field of vision is what's right in front of me. I'm sure some can relate to that. I can only see what is right in front of me, what I need to be concentrating right at this minute. I can't take time to see everything else that's going on. And my patience is almost non-existent. Anybody relate? (laughs) Tunnel vision. So why is it when our stress levels go up and what we really need is more grace, but what we actually have is less grace? I have no patience for others. 
I have no grace, and my field of vision is whatever's right in front of me. At this point, if you're not in my field of vision, I have no time for you. I have no grace for you. Sadly, I don't care. I got no love for you. I just don't have time for that. Now, join with me and read our mission statement out loud, please. To be a growing, relevant family of missionaries whose desire to see WSCU and Gunnison know Jesus Christ. That's, it's pretty broad. Gunnison and Western know Christ, right? It's great. I mean, I've hung my coat on that hook. I'm there. I'm in. Except, right now, tunnel vision. How does that work? Because I don't have time to care about Gunnison. I'm crazy busy. I'm stressed out. I haven't been fishing since ice off in May. Now, for those of you that know me, that's unheard of. I have a business to run. I've got two boys playing baseball in two different leagues. And so sometimes they're Buena Vista, Crested Butte, you know, different towns. I've got a boy working on his Eagle Scout project, which he actually just finished and got signed off on. Good job, son. He's not an eagle yet, but the project is done. I have a daughter that babysits and is involved in about everything else. Now, I can't look outside of these pressing things. I can see what is right in front of me. I can't worry about Gunnison. I don't have the time. My stress is up. My grace is down. And I'm grumpy. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> For those of you that, that work with me, yeah, grumpy. And then it happens, right? Anybody live out west of town? Yes, yes. Two weeks ago, we got this, road construction ahead, okay? Now, I'm already... Tunnel vision, can't focus on anything else. You know what road construction does to people like that? There's a reason we have road rage. And I never realized in Gunnison that it's possible. But it is. Okay? So I want to tell you a story. So I had just gathered all of my kids from various things. It was early. We were going home. We might actually get dinner together as a family. Traffic line is backed up past Safeway to get west of town. They're working at the Twin Bridges, but I have to find a way in around Safeway to get in line. You're right. And so uh, the first little bit isn't bad. You're talking, you're enjoying each other's company. Patience is a virtue, but when you're stuck in road construction, it, it wanes. So we're, you know, gradually moving up and gradually moving up. And what I've noticed is... We're in the left lane. They have traffic backed up in the left lane. But the right lane is open. And people are flying up the right lane and then cutting in at the very last because they want to save that, you know, 15 cars, right? And so I'm watching this, and I'm watching this. There's not really much I can do about it. But then at the last light where A&W used to be, last light by John Roberts there, I have this thought. So I pull over, and I sit on the white line... You know, just far enough over that I don't lose my spot because the people behind me are thinking, what's this guy do? You know, but so that nobody can get around me. 
I've been waiting my turn patiently in this line, you know, for 20 minutes. I'm tired of watching people cut in line. No cutsies. Wait behind me. You're behind me. Take your turn. And so I do this, you know, and I'm easing up, and I'm pretty happy with myself. And my wife is just going, what are you doing, you know? So I'm, I'm doing, and, and we're almost to the end. We're like by Monty's Auto, right? And I'm doing, I'm pretty happy. I'm watching in the rearview mirror. And, yeah, that's right. You got to get in behind me. That's right. You're not getting in. And I see this truck coming, this pickup truck. And it's not slowing down. And I'm going, okay, does he see me? So I ease, a, you know, about as much as I think I can ease without losing my spot. You ain't getting by, buddy. Get in line. Get in line. And he doesn't. He doesn't slow down. He jumps the curb, puts two tires on the grass, and goes up. And we're by Monty's. There's like seven cars before we're like through, you know, getting through. I lost my stuff. I unloaded. You dirty blah, 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 blah. Now what I forgot in this process as I was getting madder and madder, I have my whole family in the car. And I look in the rearview mirror to see my kids. That's when I kind of realized I have a problem. So now the funny thing with road construction is a lot of times it's like our lives. They're fixing a problem area that if left alone is only going to get worse. But the process is difficult, it takes hard work, and it takes patience. And we can't always see how great it's going to be when it's done. We only see the inconvenience to us right now. That's what God does in our lives. In order to fix that problem area, it requires hard work and patience. And we have to trust that His plan, in His plan, that we can't see. So after this incident in the car where my kids learned a lot of choice words, <laughs> got me thinking, okay, God, you know, something's wrong. So the next day on the way to work, I'm praying because I'm sitting in road traffic again. I've already proved what that does to me. And I'm praying and I'm like, okay, God, I got a problem. What is it to do that with my family? I mean, that's just... What is it? The next song on the radio that came on was this. See, I broke the remote. It doesn't work. And so I'm singing this, you know, having Tom Cruise, Top Gun flashbacks, like the greatest movie ever, you know, in this little voice, hey, Josh, that's you. You're praying what's wrong. Why did I do that? Stress, craziness, road rage. You've lost that love and feeling. 
Wow, thanks, God. So I turn the radio off and I just sit there, still sitting in road construction. Yes, I have, God, but how do I get it back? How do I show my kids that that is not okay and to show them what love is? Because I definitely don't have it and I'm not exemplifying it. Like road construction, it's not quick and it's not easy. So now, this was God's message to my heart, but I can almost bet you, you know, we're not going to gamble in church, but I could almost assure you that some of us in this room have as well. So we're going to take some, a look at some slides. Now you can clap or you can boo, but remember we're in church and it might kind of show the condition of your heart if you're doing that. But I bet I can, sorry, I bet I, I let's see, I did it again. I can assure you that some of us in this room have lost that loving feeling. It's kind of on the fence, you know. Deflate gate, the quarterback we love to hate. How about this one? They're going to get a little harder. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Remember that song? You've lost that loving feeling. Okay. Sitting in our church in our comfortable religion. How about this one? Okay. Different people, different things. I feel the blood pressure in the room starting to go up a little bit. It's not just me. How about this one? Yes. Don't worry, I got it taken care of. Maybe this one. This one. This one's a big one for me. I've worked in Crested Butte for a long time. That's just scary. How's that love doing for you? All right. One more. Now, these images probably invoked for some, maybe love, maybe appreciation. But I would imagine that in a lot of us, one of those slides probably invoked different feelings. Were they loving or hateful? For some of us, these are the people we love to hate. Some of you might not like me. I didn't put my picture up there because I'm standing in front of you. Bringing God's message in a t-shirt, shorts, and sandals. So, okay, God, what is love? I've lost it. How do I get it back? What is it? I did the, the love search on my phone and the Bible. And so brought up 1 Corinthians 13. So we're just going to start and we're going to go through verses 1 through 3. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. 
Stephen can probably relate what that sounds like more than me. If I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and I have all the faith in the world so as to move mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. And if I give away all I have and deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. So I'm going, that's not really... Okay, that says love's important. Says without love, we're nothing. Okay, but what is love? How do I get it back? Okay, so I read, you know, (laughs) even when God tells me in the, you know, my little phone search says, okay, here's where you want to start reading about love. Even then I get impatient. I read the first three and I'm like, okay. Read verse four. Even in my Bible reading, I was impatient. Okay? So four through seven really speaks to what love is. Okay? We'll read it through and then we're going to break it down a little bit. Love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. So I got this little bit of letdown at verses 1 through 3. You know, okay, that kind of tells me without love, I'm not, I already know that. God just told me without, I don't have love, what do I do? This hit a little harder. So I kind of started going through. Okay, we can pull that down, Jermaine. Love is patient. There we go. So love is patient. Love waits. Hmm. Anyone here ever been impatient? Ooh, ooh, I know I am. Me, me. (laughs) Hurry, hurry. Go, go. I'm so often the guy that lets, you know, but the guy that was nice in front of me that I like honked at one of the days waiting in road construction that let like four cars come in, two cars cross Rio Grande, and I'm just like, no, we've been waiting in line. Go. He's patient. What does that make me? Not so loving. Love is patient. Love is kind. You know the old motto, do unto others. Kindness is going out of your way to do or say something nice to someone someone else. Building others up, speaking life into them. Whether it's a smile, a kind word. (laughs) Drop the ball there. Love does not envy. Wow. Wow. Man, just, I love that shirt. Where can I get me one of those? I gotta get me one of those. Love does not envy. It's content and thankful. Now look, I work in million dollar homes. Trim, golden toilets, whatever. It's real easy to see how other people live or to start wanting what they got. 
to become envious of stuff that other people have. Love does not envy. You know, envy is saying to God, God, I would be happy if. If. Rather than to thank God for what He has already blessed me with. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't boast. It's not proud. It doesn't say, look, honey, I just did the dishes. Do I get a treat? I mean, come on, I, I've been married for going on, you know, 19 years now. So, you know, I want her to know that when she left, the kitchen was a mess. But when she came home, it was clean. I did that. Right? <laughs> hey, I preached a good sermon, right? And I don't know if I want to throw that as a quantifying because I don't want to be called a preacher. But love is, does not boast and it's not proud. It does its deeds in quiet, without acknowledgement. It's humble. Whoops. Love is not rude. Can you hold on for a second, please? Mm hmm. She did not. Uh huh. All right, all right. Yeah, we'll catch up later. Okay, bye. Sorry about that. Just had to take that one. Love does not dishonor others. Oh, oh. Mm hmm. Okay, that's like a lot of them right there. Anybody got angry at that guy? Anybody been that guy? Hold on. This is more important. Love is not rude. It doesn't dishonor others. There was a term when I was in high school, dissing on people. Love doesn't diss on other people. Anybody here ever told a joke that was funny, but it was funny at the expense of someone else? You were dissing on them. I have to build myself up. In order for me to build myself up, I have to tear others down. Simple words of my mouth. Not loving. Rude. This one's hard in our society. Love is not self-seeking. Okay? Love puts others first. Hmm. It's not selfish. Love serves. The world tells us that it's all about me, right? It's whatever makes me happy. I mean, really, come on, it's me. What's not to love? Right? The world says that it's all about you. From the food you eat, to the makeup you buy, to the clothes you buy, to your car, to all the toys that you need or have to have, it's about you and your happiness. That's not what the Bible says, though. The Bible says that love is not self-seeking. It puts others first. This remote's kind of cool, I just got to say. Love is not self-seeking. 
Remember my tunnel vision? It's all about me and what I can fit in my life. To reach Gunnison and Western so that they can know Jesus Christ? Yeah, right. It's one of the last things on my list right now. And yet this town is dying, but I don't have time for them. Me first, right? Now in this church, we've sent out emails just to get people to volunteer here. We're short-staffed. We need help in the nursery, in children's church. We need greeters. Greeters is easy. You've got to shake somebody's hand. But not me. It's me first. Love is not self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. Beautiful. Thank you, sir. Now, I've already kind of explained how I failed this one here in the last couple weeks. Uh, Road construction, that's all I got to say. And I know that some of the slides that I showed you guys this morning got your temperature up a little bit. The old saying, if you want to keep the peace, don't talk about religion or politics. I've crossed both those lines today. Welcome to church. It's not easily angered. Now this, this one is probably my favorite, this next one. Love keeps no records of wrongs. <laughs> You're right. Psalms 103.12 tells us that Jesus has forgiven us as far as the east is from the west. Right? Now, I don't know how far that is exactly, but it's a lot further than the accounts I keep. We're okay maybe forgiving somebody, but we never forget. Or rarely. We like to hold on to that grudge. We might need it later. I keep records, I keep them in my marriage. I keep them at work. I keep them with my kid. Love keeps no records of wrong. Now, let me give you the most beautiful example I can think of in this. Some might call it karma. But, so a certain law enforcement officer this last year, two days before Christmas, pulled me over and gave me a no seatbelt ticket. I was in the wrong. I did not have my seatbelt on. But I wasn't speeding, I wasn't weaving, I wasn't drunk. He pulled me over because of the seatbelt, which you're not really supposed to be able to do. Really no other excuse. Ah, you should have... Nothing. I saw you didn't have your seatbelt on. Thanks, buddy. Merry Christmas to you, too. His name is in the book, right? I can only hope that I can help you as much as you've helped me. Two weeks later... It's January in Gunnison, right? It's cold. Somebody called up needing heat. They had no heat. I work on people's heat in the winter. It's good living. It's Gunnison. We need heat. Guess what? I smiled and I I rode that for like two, three days. I'm sorry. I can't help you. You need to find somebody else. 
Well, what do you mean? Well, remember that ticket I got for 150 bucks two days before Christmas? Yeah? This is how things work in Gunnison. One hand washes the other. Find somebody else. My Christian hat was not on, but man, I, it, I still smile about it. Really? Yeah, you know, I kept records. I'm ashamed of it. I've definitely lost that loving feeling. But his name was in the book and it just, karma, you can call it whatever, the opportunity for me to be the bigger person. I failed that lesson with God. Anybody here not keep records? I'm not there yet. You want to hurt me? You're on the list. I'm learning in the last couple of weeks. I've got to let go of my list. Love keeps no records of wrongs. And I got pages. Love does not delight in evil. Oh. Hmm. It rejoices with the truth. Now, nobody here actively seeks out evil, I hope. I hope as church people we don't. But what about the movies we watch, the TV? What are we inviting in at that point? What about the music we listen to? What are you inviting in? unintentionally I don't delight in evil now I say that after the story I just told you it was evil what I did what about gossip somehow I don't think that gossip delights in the truth just saying hate that saying. Just saying. Just saying. So love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. To me, it looks like love is not a feeling, but it's an action. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, and it always perseveres. Now, for many of you that know me, I used to be the eternal optimist. No matter how bad things got, what you threw my way, it could always be worse. I was always smiling, always happy, you know, always upbeat. One of the other things God has shown me that as my field of vision is now this... My love has grown cold. I've become the pessimist. I've become the cynic. Love trusts, hopes, and perseveres. Not me. People are just going to hurt you. They're going to let you down. So it's easier not to let them in. I don't have time for other people. I don't have time for Gunnison. I have this narrow tunnel vision. Right? You don't get hurt or let down when you don't let people in. A cynic. Really? As a Christian? As an elder in a church? 
Narrow vision. So we've just gone through what love is. Right? Patient, kind, not self-seeking, doesn't envy, doesn't boast, keeps no records of wrongs. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I've learned that I have a long ways to go. Right? But I have hope. I do. God called all this out in my life, but then he gave me hope. Romans 5, 8. And it tells us that while we were still sinners, God loved us so much that he sent his only son to die on the cross for us. Now, whether you're a believer or not, 30 years, just here checking it out, that's great hope. I know it is for me, someone who's already come to Christ and falls short daily that honks at people, says bad things in traffic, keeps a list, declines fixing people's heat. While I'm at my worst, God still loves me. He sent His only Son. And we're not perfect. We mess up constantly. And God knows that. And yet He still sent His Son to the cross to pay for your sins, to pay for my sins. My cold cynical heart he loved us that much now God's love is directed towards us and towards others not towards ourselves that kind of love God's love is outwardly focused it's towards Gunnison it's not about me that kind of love goes against our natural inclinations And it is possible to practice that kind of love only if God helps us. Only if He helps us set aside our own selfish desires and our instincts so that we can learn to give love without expecting anything back, right? So you do the dishes because you want to do the dishes to lighten your wife's load, not to say, look what I did. Go me. Right? without expecting anything in return. Love gives. So how do we do that? It's not something I can do. I've proven that the last week or two. Funny, the same song that God used that day when I turned the radio off was on like two days later as I'm stewing and going through this. I don't have that one queued up for you. I'm going to sing it. Yeah. Baby, baby. I get down on my knees for you. That's not singing, it's singing. You want to do it? Okay. I get down on my knees for you. Do you pray for those that hurt you? Do you get down on your knees and cry to God for people that have wronged you or angered you or cut you off in traffic or wrote you a $150 ticket two days before Christmas? Or do you sit there, like me, in your self-righteous indignation, with a cold heart, thinking you're right, but being oh so wrong? Do you get down on your knees for others? Get down on your knees and pray. Pray for God to remove the tunnel vision that has you so focused on yourself and not on others. 
Get down on your knees and pray that God can remove that cold, indifferent heart that says, me first. Now, God loves the whole world, even the people on the slides that I showed that I could care less for. And he died for them too. So if he loves them, why don't I? Now, like I said, with the road construction, it's to fix underlying issues that are only going to get worse. It's hard work. It's inconvenient. And we can't always see the greater good in it. But God has a plan for each one of us. I pray that we can get down on our knees and have Him change our hearts so that He can fix what needs done for His plan and for His purpose. Let's pray. Father, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I haven't been the man that you've called me to be. Father, I don't know how in my tunnel vision I quit caring. I can't see Gunnison. and I can't see others. My heart is growing cold. Father, I give that to you today. Come in, Lord. Father, I'm on my knees for you. Please, God, don't let me continue on this way. Come in and fix my heart. Help me to care for those around me. Love gives. Open my heart up to those around me. Get rid of the coldness. Help me to get that loving feeling back that seeks others first and puts others first. Father, we love you. We give you the praise and the glory. God, none of us are there yet, but we want to be. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So Eric's going to close us out. The altar's open. You're more than welcome to do business with God up there. You're welcome to do business with your God right where you sit. Road construction ahead. Let him fix what needs to be fixed. Give it to him.